Trey Lance to the Vikings is in the news again. Now there's all these rumors going around. It's probably not happening again. I'll tell you why. It's a Locked on Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun. Let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is SiriusXM or anywhere else you listen to the shows, but you can also watch the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you so much to those of you who do listen to this show every single day. I appreciate you all so much, uh, especially those of you who you know come around to uh, listen to me talk about what's going on with Trey Lance, what's going on with TJ Hawkinson. We got a couple of things to go over today. Uh, also, a discussion with uh, Arif Hassan, who does the Minnesota Football Party with me on Mondays and Tuesdays, along with Luke Inman and Sam Ekstrom, as well as Norse Code and all the other stuff uh, that Arif does. He's talking about his new thing, which is the Wide Left Substack, and a couple of the pieces he wrote on there. So let's get through the newsy stuff first, so we can get to that very cool conversation with Arif. Um, first off, Trey Lance stuff is happening. You probably have seen things swirling. So let me tell you the whole story from uh, what has been reported, and then I'll tell you what I think about it. Um, So this started with a report out of San Francisco that they're looking to shop Trey Lance, that Sam Darnold has won the QB2 job, and now they're exploring their options with with Trey Lance, who is their QB3, and they're trying to get some value for him, right? Brock Purdy is the starter. Sam Darnold is the backup. Trey Lance, odd man out. Um... Shortly thereafter, Diana Russini and uh, Ian Rappaport and then a whole bunch of other national people started chiming in and saying, hey, one team that could call around is the Vikings. And a lot of people think the Vikings make sense as the destination for Trey Lance. I don't particularly agree, uh, but I'll get into that. But basically what Diana Russini said was that there were some serious, some more serious talks w- about Trey Lance with the Vikings and 49ers, uh, but they fell through. And it sounds like that happened pre-draft. The way that Ian Rappaport worded his reporting about the subject is, hey, you know, it's post-draft, this gets harder. Which kind of tells me that, all right, so they were talking about that before the draft, and then the Vikings took Jaron Hall and went, yeah, we're good on on Debbie quarterbacks for now. Uh, I don't really see any world where, any reason for that to be become different, so I don't think this is happening. I honestly, I don't know if anybody trades for Trey Lance. He just lost a backup job to Sam Darnold. I, I don't know who's giving up draft capital for like the privilege of, of that guy being your QB three. Uh, and I think the same is true for the Vikings. This is not locked on 49ers. You should listen to locked on 49ers right now, though. I bet it is spicy. <laughs> I love what those guys do, uh, Brian and, and Eric. But I think the only thing about Trey Lance that I want to really contend with that everybody's saying is, well, he just he never got Kyle Shanahan never gave him a chance. And I think what I've learned about the NFL at that level, chances are not given out. You don't get to be given a chance. I don't care if you're the first overall pick, right? Uh, you don't get to be given a chance. You got to earn your chance. You have to beat the guy in front of you. You have to compete every single day, 
with other people who are just as much of college superstars as you were. Um, if you don't get that chance, it's very rare that you get situations where someone was just like a backup stowed away somewhere that actually turned out to be, you know, the next big thing. And it's just that the coach was too stupid and couldn't see it. That isn't what happens. There are a million Kellen Mons before there's a, a guy like that. And maybe you can say, hey, man, it wasn't his fault. He got injured and, and he never really got to develop the way he was supposed to. And I guess that's fair. It's not his fault. But that doesn't make him any less dookie. He's dookie. I'm sorry. Uh, he's fighting for his life for QB3 with Brandon Allen. It's over. I don't, I don't want to spend any draft picks on that. And plus, you're going with a rookie contract that's uh, going to cost like 3.7 mil this year and then like five something next year. I, I, I don't need that in a backup. We have a perfectly good Nick Mullins. Jaron Hall is a Debbie guy. I, I'm perfectly fine with that quarterback room right now. And I don't think that Trey Lance gives you like I, I don't buy. I don't buy that he's going to come to Minnesota and suddenly magically uh, realize all that potential we thought he had from NDSU. It didn't happen. That's life. That dude just goes down in the draft. Sometimes you take a guy high because of all of his potential. He never realizes it. And then that's life. I think it goes down as one of the worst busts in NFL history. It's a draft bust. I'm sorry. Like that's textbook draft bust. You picked him third overall. You traded the farm for him. And now you're trying to get rid of him in year, in year three. Jamarcus Russell lasted longer with the Raiders. This is a colossal draft bust. I don't think I want to be the person letting the 49ers get out of that situation. Um, the other big thing is uh, some reporting about TJ Hawkinson, also from Diana Rossini, who says that the sides are pretty far apart on a contract extension. Um, very interesting stuff. Kevin O'Connell also said that, hey, that ear infection is cleared up. Now he's got lower back stiffness. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, when asked about the whole thing, he said the, the, the classic line of, I don't know, I'm letting my agent handle that and I'm focusing on football. Please. Can I go in the locker room? <laughs> but apparently the sides are, are far apart and TJ Hawkinson wants to reset the market. That's the report. Uh, Diana Rossini, great reporter. I, I don't, don't mean this to like disparage her reporting or anything or, or act like she didn't double source or whatever, but I feel like this is a little bit of a of a psyop. I'm sorry. I it, it, something doesn't pass the smell test. Um market setting money for TJ Hawkinson would assuming it's above Darren Waller's contract, which is 17 mil. By far the biggest contract for a tight end. Everybody else is around 14 or 15. Um I think 15.5 would reset the market if you don't count Darren Waller. And there's kind of an argument for that cuz Darren Waller is like somewhat of a wide receiver anyways and maybe it's it's different there. Um so Call that a weird situation and set it aside. That would mean like 15 and a half, 16. And that's actually kind of what everybody's been projecting. And I don't think that that's very insane. Like tight ends don't make that much money. 15 or 16 mil a year for TJ Hawkinson, I think is actually pretty sensible, even though it's quote unquote resetting the market. But don't let yourself fall into the, the trap of, well, TJ Hawkinson making more than Travis Kelsey, but he's not better than Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey signed his deal in 2020. The cap environment was a lot different. And it got so much weirder. So we're, we're like four years removed from that. The cap is like 50% bigger than it was. Or I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers. It's significantly bigger than it was uh, when Travis Kelsey signed it. So he should make more money. If you want to look at it, look at percentage of cap at the year of signing. Uh, and then see how, how the contracts all stack up there. I'm going to guess that 
it doesn't look as extreme. Remember, it's never as big a deal as you think it is. You, you wanted to maybe get it done before this year started or before we got too deep into camp. We're kind of past that. Uh, so I guess the next real change is either the franchise tag deadline because the Vikings can still franchise tag TJ Hawkinson. So they get uh, a whole two more years of team control that Hawkinson can't negotiate against, which means for him, it probably does behoove him to get a real deal done because he can probably make more than the franchise tag will give him, which also kind of makes it so that the Vikings can afford to sit on their hands a little bit and say, well, we'll just tag you if you don't really agree to this. And, you know, we we obviously have no problem with being tagged and you probably do. So I'm going to guess Hawkinson doesn't want that. Uh, but hey, there's a long time between then and now, so they can stare at each other for a while and negotiate for a while. That said, again, it's sort of the, the clock is ticking more on Hawkinson than it is on the Vikings, because if Hawkinson gets hurt, like really actually hurt, not near infection, uh, then it changes the whole dynamic and he could lose out on a whole lot of money. So it kind of makes sense for him to want to put pen to paper and not spend, you know, five weeks of risk trying to eke out an extra two cents. It also kind of behooves the Vikings to go a little faster. The longer that they wait the more expensive things can possibly get. And hey, if TJ Hawkinson gets injured, now you can't lock him up long term because it changed the whole situation. Like we just saw that happen with the Neil Hunter. That wasn't great for the Vikings either. They've been dealing with this all the time. And if you don't want another major headache, like maybe it behooves you as well. So I, I don't think this goes all the way to like the end of the season and franchise tag deadline and stuff. But I guess if you're looking for a date where like if it's not done by then, the the situation changes, it, it's all the way, you know, in, in, into next March. But otherwise, they can stare at each other all season. Um, importantly, though, TJ Hawkinson isn't paying attention to any of this. Like him himself, he's focused on week one against the Buccaneers. This is all his agent and the Vikings front office, which those guys don't have uh, the same jobs week to week. So they can kind of work on this all year and then work on JJ all year, too. Either way, I'm not going to be upset about the way that TJ Hawkinson's contract thing has been canceled. I'm not, I'm not going to have really any judgments to pass on it until he either signs a contract or he walks. I need something material to happen. I'm not going to really have much of a reaction to every little tiny report about if things are going well or not. Um, I would like to instead move along to the conversation with Arif Hassan. We're going to talk a little bit about Big Nickel. He explains what Big Nickel is and what the advantages and disadvantages, disadvantages of it are, as well as a piece that he wrote about AI in sports media. Uh, and kind of how it's changing journalism and how that could be good and it could be bad. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to talk to you about game time. Uh, buying tickets, especially if you're trying to go last minute, can be a total nightmare. Uh, I just actually was witness to this. My fiance got tickets to a Taylor Swift concert in LA, this recent one. And the amount of refreshing and back channel dealing and uh you know sharing that she had to go through she had to be talking to like the exact right person at the exact right time total nightmare game time exists so that you don't have to go through stuff like that uh even for concerts or things like vikings games twins games whatever they have flash deals and last minute tickets. They have pictures of their seat views, so you can make sure you're not accidentally getting you know, you're not getting sold one that's behind a pillar. Uh, and they have a lowest price guarantee. If you find the same section and row for less, Game Time will refund you 110. percent So go look around. 
Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody here with Arif Hassan. Uh, I'll go with useful human. How about that? Yeah, that is one of the titles I carry. Vikings uh, strangely reporter coming from you. Corner reporter. Oh, Definitely uh, not corner. We know that. We know. Yeah, that I, can't, I can't like, look, we've seen the depth of Vikings have a corner. It's been an issue. I would never be able to resolve that problem. Uh, <laughs> I, I had somebody recently call uh, that depth chart a kiddie pool. <laughs> We're doing great. That's good. That's good. Uh, I've never thought about that. That that works really well. It's a great. No, it's uh, a rep- great reporter point, is is tough, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I feel like journalist kind of covers like a broad range of things, right? There's okay. some investigation going on, but it's not direct reporting. Let's just do that. Football journalist yeah. uh, at your Substack now, which is kind of what we're here to talk about. So why don't you tell me about Wide Left? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's wideleftpost.substack.com. It's a continuation of kind of the, the wide left. I don't I like using the word brand, but it's kind of the best word to use here, right? Yeah. The wide left brand that I built when the I had franchise. a franchise. Yeah, the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> um, the word mark. <laughs> that Ben and Todd and I had started when we were delving into politics a little bit, just a politics podcast. Um, but this is uh, primarily to cover football. I'm not going to stop myself from covering politics, but, you know, my passion primarily is to talk about football. And so, um, you know, I'm talking about a, a number of things. It's going to be a heavy emphasis on the Vikings, but also, um, you know, I the Anthony Richardson news was interesting. Right. So I wrote about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, we don't actually talk about you know, starting or sitting quarterbacks with very much nuance. Let's do that for a little bit. Or I'll talk about the industry for a little bit, right? So I talked about kind of the evolution of sports writing. But hey, I've also got a piece kind of breaking down what the Vikings might try to do defensively. It's it's a little bit, um, you know, potpourri, you know, uh, this stuff here, there. But a lot of it is going to be Vikings focused with, you know, whatever catches my attention around the league. Yeah, and there is something really cool about that that when you get like full creative control over everything and there's nobody telling you here's your topic or having to get a topic approved or anything like that it's a brave new world where you just get to go in whatever you want yeah and like (laughs) it's been like because i mean i started out as a blogger i could have started like i could do that at the beginning but you know when i started out i didn't have you know the number of people following me that i did right and so i it didn't feel comfortable writing about non-Viking stuff. So I'd pour over the depth chart a lot. I would talk about, you know, the schematic tendencies, stuff I'll still do, but I restricted myself to that. I would only talk about the Vikings and specifically talk about the Vikings in the upcoming game or in the upcoming season or whatever, right? And I needed to build up that kind of equity with my audience before I expanded. And by the time I built up that audience, I was in a more, I don't know if controlled environment is the right way to put it, but a kind of a more uniform environment, a more curated maybe. Curated. That's the best way to put it. Uh, You know, so I'd have editors, I'd have to pitch or the editors would assign me stuff and I'd write about that. And so now I'm back on the other side of it with a lot more freedom, both, you know, from the structure of it, right? There's not people telling me what to do and a lot more freedom in terms of the goals I want to accomplish because I no longer feel like the drive to just get more followers on Twitter or whatever. That's just like, it's not, I'm there. So I don't, I don't need to worry about that. So 
write about whatever I want. And that also has its own, like, it's kind of terrifying, right? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's this, like, this, like, pressure to it of, like, if you pick a bad topic and that, like, if I do a bad topic on a podcast and it flops, like, well, that's, I got nobody to answer to but me on that. <laughs> right, yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's it's nuts, man. Like, you know, you're lining up the plate to 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 hit, right? And, and mm -hmm. yeah, sure, you could try hitting a bunch of singles. Ichiro Suzuki had a pretty great career. But man, you love dingers, but you don't know if like you're in Coors Field, right? Like you don't know, like, like what if you're at Wrigley? Okay. I got to bring you back to football. This is, this is outrageous. What is baseball, by the way? How does that work? I have no earthly idea. Uh, I just, I just watched some YouTube videos on baseball. So that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. That's why it's in your head. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would like to control the topic and take those freedoms away from you. Let's talk about the Rough. big nickel. Uh, okay. And the the piece that you wrote at Wide Left, I have not uh, read it yet. So yeah, I know you don't, what you don't you support had. or read my work. I yeah, I get that. Well, I can't read, so <laughs> don't true. judge me. <laughs> uh, so what is so the the Vikings been doing this big nickel thing? I assume that you you mean the the Josh Metellus package. Uh, yeah, yeah. What is what what did you have to say about it other than just like describing this is who plays there? Right. So I think that uh, a lot of people are like, oh, there's like a third safety in the field. That's cool. Anyway, moving on. Right. There's not yeah. like a much of a discussion on the history of it, why you would do that and why it is unusual. Right. No one really talks about like, hey, man, how come people haven't really been doing that this much before? And why is the only person who's been doing this a lot? Bill Belichick. Like that's <laughs> got that's got to mean something. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, if, if your guy is good at coverage, he's a corner, not a safety. Right. Like the like. That's how it's just a more valuable position. So you put him there. Uh, and uh, the evolution of the way, you know, offensive football uh, has kind of moved, has kind of demanded we have traditional nickel out there because you've got a lot of 11 personnel. You're passing the ball a lot more. You need to be just more sound against the pass. And so that's kind of the move. And as you kind of dial in what the rules kind of optimize for and maximize and the trends in the NFL, um, you begin to kind of move back towards kind of this 12 personnel stuff. And, you know, if you've been following the Vikings for a while, you've been kind of, I'm not going to say sick, but you're kind of annoyed at how many times you hear it this year, they're going to do the two tight end offense. You know, Josh Carlson <laughs> is going to yeah. unleash the two tight end offense with John Carlson. <laughs> yeah. This is the year of Bucky Hodges. Yeah, right. And it's like, you know, yeah, him and Kyle Rudolph, man, it's going to be. Yeah, this nuts. is finally going to be it. Do Ryan Dupree David Morgan and Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, you know, you, you've been, you've been hearing it a lot and you just kind of don't see it materialize, but I think that there's kind of a sense that, Hey man, they gave this guy like $13 million. Josh Oliver is going to see the field, right? <laughs> you know, and DJ Hawkinson's yeah. a pro bowler. Like they're both seeing the field. It's genuinely a 12 personnel. And, you know, we saw the Eagles do it really successfully. And so now that you see a pass heavy game coming out of a heavy package, how do defenses kind of deal with that? Uh, and I think that the answer of course, is that you've got this compromised position where you've got, a player that is better against coverage than a linebacker typically is and better against the run than a cornerback is. Okay, that's cool. What are the implications of that? Well, it might allow you to change your front structure a little bit. So I talk about that a small amount, not a ton. Um, it allows you to kind of change how you prioritize kind of what players are playing up front. It changes your blitz packages a lot because unless you've got Mike Hilton, you're not really blitzing your nickel corner, right? But you are blitzing safeties. I mean, that's they love blitzing, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, the Vikings have Harrison Smith. You might as well use him. I feel like 
He's got a lot of leftover blitzes from last year. You, know, you can got him unload. Got pent up energy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we, they they roll over like cap space. Right. No. Exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> you know, and honestly, unlike cap space, might even accrue with interest. Right. So there's there's always yeah. the possibility that you can cash in. Um. But yeah, you know, like that that kind of like there's more implications than just oh okay now he's good against the run. Plus, I mean, it's it's previous versions of iterations of twelve personnel outside of like the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski. Um, Patriots didn't really deploy tight ends in a way that we're used to seeing now, where the tight ends be like way out wide, right? They're they're out wide further than the receivers. Now you've got two receivers playing the slot inside a tight end who's playing outside. And what, Eric Hendricks is going to cover that guy one-on-one? One of the best coverage yeah. linebackers in the NFL? And you're just like, I still don't know. You're you know? man up on George Kittle and pray, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, ugh. I, I know what direction the mismatch is in, and it's not mm-hmm. in favor of the elite coverage backer, right? Mm-hmm. So when you've got that kind of evolution of of the game, what is it that you can do to kind of accommodate that? Because you're not going to put, um, unless it's like a Joan Williams, assuming you know he's good, which at this point maybe that's not necessarily a fair assumption, but like you're not going to put you know, your, your six foot tall, 190 pound corner on the six, four, 240 pound yeah, tight end, you're not right? Byron Murphy on that guy. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. If that's, if that's the case, how do we, how do we deal with this defensively? Do you always kind of have a guy assigned or tagged at the tight end? I mean, you, you've got that option in Madden, right? And be like, Hey, you're just ghosting this guy, whoever he is, a running back, tight end, you know, cornerback, whatever. And that's just not, that's a, that's a uniform approach. And that's just not good enough in the modern NFL. So the big nickel is is maybe one of the approaches that you can uh, choose to to kind of go through that. So I go through a little bit about how that changes coverages and why that limits your coverage options and why that actually might not be a problem for the Vikings, given the skill sets of Josh Metellus and Cameron Bynum and how they might have more freedom than the Patriots actually did with their big nickel package with like, you know, last year's Devin McCourty and Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips and occasionally Jabril Peppers. So um, there, it's just a different type of skill set that you have at safety that might open up different coverage options. So I go over just a couple of bits of, of film, I think is, is maybe generous to what I did. I, I put together some, some, some I examples. Barely, yeah. Examples is maybe the best. Yeah. I, like a I portfolio draw perhaps. Yeah. The, the, the drawing that I do on it, there are circles, there's no lines. And so I'm not, it's not a true film breakdown because you don't, you don't have any dashed lines. You don't have any arrows. You don't have any routes hmm. mapped out. So it's yeah, no, it's, that it's, count. yeah. So it's not real film analysis. But otherwise, yeah, I go through kind of what the Patriots did and what the Vikings might be able to do, and I, I break down a little bit of the Seahawks stuff. So got to have some Seahawks in there. Uh, there is. <laughs> I don't know. What you're there is about. Uh, another piece that you wrote that is a little more off the beaten path, and I think maybe more on the tone of what your thing will be that I, I think is is fascinating to think about. And I want to uh, ask you about about AI and the sports media industry. Um, so I'm going to ask you about that next. Moving right along with Locked on Vikings, talking to Arif Hassan, who just launched the Substack, the Wide Left Substack. Uh, and on it, your I think it's your most recent piece, which I also, as we established, I cannot read, so I have not read it, mm-hmm. but it's about uh, AI in the world of sports media and how it might change game recaps and some of the more formulaic things that people were, are, you know, still paid to, to produce right away after games. Um, so tell me what, what is your thesis on 
AI in sports journalism? Uh, that in its current form, that it's bad. That's it's like 6,000 words to get there, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's the other advantage of being independent is you can drop 6,000 oh, yeah. words and no one will get mad at you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly, it's incredible. I turned in at a previous employer, I turned in a piece that was actually it was also 6,000 words, and they're like, What is this? <laughs> well, it's, it's what I 6, said. 6,000 words. For, for people who don't have context in this, I think the longest thing I ever, I don't write anymore, but the longest thing I ever wrote, I think was 2,500. And it felt like an odyssey getting through that just to read through it, let alone writing that thing. It took me like a week. I'm at a word counter that allows me to convert words to pages. So let's, let's do this. Okay. Only 14 pages. <laughs> read that. Like 14 <laughs> pages of a book in an article. Yeah. Well, it's single space, but yeah. oh good so what is what what is the argument like what are people trying to do with ai i guess so um so understand i'm not a luddite by any reasonable stretch of the imagination i'm an early adopter of technology i love the opportunities that technology gives us and i love using computers to optimize things right i mean like i'm a spreadsheet guy the the thing that i do during the draft guy yeah it's, I mean, the Google Sheets is what you get after you do all the hard work. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you put them into the Google Sheets, you know. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but I, I say this while I like all the analytics people make fun of me for not knowing R. So it's you that's know, what so I was kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So like, um, you know, I, I love finding ways to use data to optimize. I am more. Uh, aggressive and persistent about using analytics in football than I think a lot of writers are. And so it's not that's not where it comes from. It comes from the way it's deployed and what incentives exist to use what we have available to us right now. And I, I just want to be clear, um, in the piece, I make a distinction between what artificial intelligence is in our broader conception and how we use the words artificial intelligence to describe the most recent wave of uh, mm. tools that are available to us, things like image generation, sound generation, um, and obviously text generation. Um, these are all actually built off of a very similar thing. They're all uh, large language models. Even the image generation uh, is, is technically it's a large language model. It's just transposed and stuff like that. I'm not like, I don't know, know this stuff. I've just read a couple of things. And, and this is kind of my understanding of it from Arif, tech. This is a football podcast. You can get away with just about anything right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the listeners tune in to you because you're the one that they cheat off of. Right. So they, they, by definition can't know. Right. The, yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the way it works is that aliens, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it is, it is essentially a really complex, relatively speaking, accurate text prediction tool. And it is very good at taking fixed variables, like these are the names of the teams, and this is the final score, and this is when they scored, and turning those into the kinds of articles that you'd see in a game recap. So you can ingest all of the data from every game recap that you've ever written, right? And then that's what the training data is. It trains itself on that to understand what the structure is. It understands kind of where the words go and where the sentences go, where the paragraphs go, and how you introduce which pieces of information. And then it spits out the thing based off of those fixed variables, right? Um, and so we've already seen it happen. You know, um, there were two pieces that that I saw, you know, actually the day before I wrote this piece, 
uh, that were recapping um, high school football games, one in Tennessee, one in Ohio. After I published this piece, someone else pointed out that uh, two more high school football games, at least in Iowa, were covered this way, where an AI model uh, generated um, a story based off of the box score that was available to me. Remember, this is high school football. The box score does not have player names or, honestly, statistics. It doesn't yeah. have passing yards. Right? It's just a quarter-by-quarter score. And you can tell based off of the AI, that's all it could work off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it introduced, like, you know, adjectives that don't make sense. Like, you know, it's a spirited fourth quarter. It's like, how do you know? How do you know it's a spirited <laughs> yeah, right. No one scored, so you can't use that as your, what is happening, you know? Um, and so it doesn't include any player names, which is just, I, I think that's like one of the biggest, if you're covering high school football, right? Like that's like the whole point is that parents want to see their kids in the, the, new, in the only paper. Thing yeah, that matters. It's the only thing that right. matters is the kids, right? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, and so it doesn't include any player names. It doesn't have any of the context. Like, so it's Westerville North and Westerville Central, and uh, we don't know if they're rivals. The piece doesn't even acknowledge that they play in the same city, right? <laughs> like, mm. like we don't know their historical records against each other. We don't know how good these teams are supposed to be. What the records were last year's first game of the the season. Um, we don't know if if you know their their playoff aspirants or not. We don't know if any of these kids. Um, you know, have been around for a long time. Who's the team captain? We don't know if like, hey, they had a lot of graduating seniors. So maybe there's a problem here. And I look into these schools and there's all these kinds of interesting stories. They have a three-star recruit, a defensive tackle from Westville North, three-star recruit commits to Illinois. So like pretty good, right? Commits to Illinois and he transfers from Westville North to Kaufman High School in Dublin. And so now they don't have that defensive tackle for this game or for the season, right? Mm. That's interesting. And it's not in the piece. Right. It's the first game of the season. It's not in the piece. Right. They've got a four star edge rusher on the same defensive line, not in the piece. Like it's just it's crazy to me. And so um, I go through kind of what are the possibilities and how we're going to get better AI than this. Right. Based off of um, like everything that like all of these organizations have available to them in terms of tools. We're going to have much better AI. It kind of reminds me of like if you ever go to the newspaper section in like Madden franchise mode. And it, there's like a few like <laughs> yeah. key phrases that if you play enough seasons, you can, yeah. there, there's like three articles they're right about you if you win and you just keep getting those over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell them once again where they can find Wide Left and where they can find you on, on socials and elsewhere and all that. Yeah. So it's at wideleftpost.substack.com. Um, head over there. Uh, if you uh, if you're hesitant about paying for my Substack, there's a seven day free trial. I also do release free articles as well every week, um, so you can go there. You can also find me on socials at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. I think Arif M Hassan on Threads, and I think it's just Arif on Blue Sky. Got there pretty early. Fantastic. <laughs> so so yeah, um, you could find me over there. I guess technically I'm on Facebook, but don't don't find me on Facebook. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sure won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reef, thank you so much for your time and uh, good luck with Substack. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Arif, and thank you so much to you. My hashtag everydayers. Love you guys so much, and thank you for listening to today's episode of Locked on Vikings. We'll be back tomorrow previewing the Arizona preseason game, last preseason game before these babies start to count, and talking a little bit about what happened at joint practices as well. Talk to you for that, and as always, skull.